You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. Chip, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. You know, beginning of the week, you know, pretty much same old, same old for the most part. Pumped to be back on the podcast talking basketball. Um, For anyone that's been listening to the show lately, we've been um, doing a lot of draft preparation. Uh, The draft is obviously November 18th. We've been very fortunate to have um, some graduate assistants and people who are you know, affiliated and working with some of the programs, uh, come and help us out and talk about some of the prospects coming up. And uh, once again, we are very pumped to have a guest tonight who has a, a lot of great knowledge um, about Grant Riller, one of the, the premier prospects that we're going to be looking to talk to. So uh, once again, we're very pleased to have on graduate assistant and one of the video coordinators, uh, Jermaine Blackman. Jermaine, what's going on? How you doing, man? Good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Very, uh, very interested to talk with you about Grant. Um, we were talking a little bit before, um, you know, offline. We know that you played with Grant a little bit. Um, before we get into everything, you know, Grant really related, we just wanted to kind of talk about you a little bit. Just if you can kind of take us behind the curtain in terms of your day-to-day responsibilities with Charleston. I know you have a lot of history with that school there. If you could just kind of talk about that for a little bit. So, uh, um, basically, my my title is a video coordinator. Um, so basically, what all that entails is um, I handle all of the editing and scout, maybe editing with scout and whatnot. And, you know, sometimes I dibble and dabble with edits and Photoshop, and um, you know, when it comes to recruiting and whatnot, and putting together little clips and highlight tapes or whatnot with the players and you know, just shooting it out to different social media platforms and, you know, different scouting services and whatnot. So um, that's kind of pretty much what all I entail, I guess, with this year specifically. Um, the NCAA just passed the new uh, rule that allows non-coaching staff members to be able to um, be on the court and rebound and pass and kind of take on a, a manager kind of role as far as um, being on the court. So this year has been a little bit different because I've uh, also being able to, you know, take responsibility of the video. Um, I've been able to be on the court and rebound with those guys and actually be able to kind of sweat with those guys a little bit, and, you know, uh, kind of take on a, grad, grad, a graduate assistant role more than 
just a video coordinator behind a computer desk all the time. And one, one of the things we were talking about um, offline that I want to point out to anyone who's listening, like literally Jermaine is at the arena right now. So it's like, obviously it's super late and he was telling us the grind doesn't stop. That's clearly the case. Um, they just came out of a meeting or some, you know, some type of practice. So um, it, I think it's pretty cool to kind of get that perspective from you, someone who's in the locker room, the video room, on the court, rebounding for players. Um, and, and as we transition into kind of like the meat and potatoes of, of tonight's podcast, you know, we're obviously going to be discussing Grant Riller, someone that you played with and someone that you know a lot about. I think the first place that I want to start um, is just what was your first impression of his game, whether when you saw him on the court or when um, you watched video of him, like what, what's the first thing that kind of stuck out at you? Um, so I, I would go ahead and say, you know, uh, me, my Grant and myself came into college together. Uh, we were both freshmen. We came in freshmen together. Um, and I guess my first impression from Grant on the court um, was probably that this kid is just really freaking explosive. <laughs> And um, I'm talking about pre-ACL injury, Grant. Um, above the rim all the time. Um, you know, flashy finisher. Uh, you know, night long. Uh, Kelly Oubre mohawk going on. Uh, you know, the whole nine, man. I, I Florida kid. You know, I'm, I'm just, you know, the first impression of this guy is just, man, he's just a, he's just a, a probably a God-given score. Now, this is before, you know, the ACL tear and all that. But, you know, in practice, I get to see, you know, windmill dunks and, you know, dunking on our, you know, starting big men and all that kind of stuff and finishing layups that I've never really even seen before. And so probably my first impression of Grant is, you know, he's just – one, he comes, he's, you know, everybody says he's about, you know, 6'3", six, 6'3 three, six, three and a half. I mean, Grant's, you know, like 6'2", maybe. He on a good, on a good day. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, you know, he's about 6'3 and a half on a good day. I'll give him that. You know, he walks around, he kind of, you know, walks with a little limp in his walk and a little hunch in his back. But, man, this kid, this kid can live above the rim at will. And um, I think that's probably my first impression of Grant. Um, and it's and it's interesting too. You're talking a lot about um, pre ACL and post, and it, and I think what stands out to me is just his overall production, even with having such a major injury. Two time All uh, Colonial Association um, selection. He improved his scoring every year. His senior year numbers were ridiculous: forty nine percent from the field. 36% from three, um, 82 from the line. Um, really, really impressive. I think I, I think one of the best ways to describe his game is that he's just a very talented three-level scorer, right? Can do it off um, at the line, from three, driving to the hoop. Um, he's obviously got a lot of offensive skills, right? But which which of his offensive skills do you think is going to be the most impactful for an NBA team. You know, the shot, right, the handle, finishing right. at the rim. I think those are all things that he's 
either above average or borderline elite at. But what out of those three do you think is going to kind of shine the most at the next level? Um, I think without a doubt, just one, his ability to create his own shot. Um, he doesn't need, I mean, he the luxury of having somebody to create a shot for him is always a plus. But in my opinion, his, his God-given talent is that he can create his own shot at will. And um, I know you mentioned, you know, obviously uh, his three-point percentage, his, you know, overall 49% from the field percentage. But I think a lot of what people undermine is is his ability, his mid-range ability. I mean, he, you know, when he steps inside the three-point line, his field goal percentage drastically goes up. And I'm not just talking about layups. I'm not just talking about dunks. I'm not just talking about getting to the free throw line. I'm talking about, you know, just finding open spots on the floor and being able to score on those spots at different angles, you know, at a high level. So I think that offensively is is what, you know, probably he will thrive at uh, the most. And I think that's probably what NBA teams will probably be, you know, looking forward to the most when he gets to the next level. Yeah, shot uh, 42% on shots off the dribble this year too. 82nd percentile, which is really impressive for a guy who yeah. takes – that many isolation shots and uh, has the ball in his hands that much. His numbers are insane for such a high volume too. Like 97th percentile as a pick and roll scorer, 96th on spot ups, 84th on isolations. And me and Jeff were talking before you came on, like the possessions some of you guys ran, it looks like you're running NBA ISO possessions for him where you just clear out and it's like, jab step jab step and then step back like it it looks like a houston rockets james harden possession it's so aggressive to watch the guy it really is is that just something that you guys just kind of just let happen or what is it right honestly um those aren't sets to to be completely honest with you guys those are like i said like his his god-given talent is just that he can create his shot at will um those aren't sets. I mean, obviously, with the 30-second shot clock and maybe we run through an early offense possession and the ball, you know, just ends up back in his hand because we trust him um, to take those tough, you know, late contested shots. Um, but that's all Grant. I mean, you know, obviously we respect his talent enough to where we, you know, if you watch film, we give him the space that he needs to create that those angles and, you know, maybe whether it's a ball screen or maybe maybe it's a one-four flat or maybe it's a loaded side ball screen or a naked side ball screen, um, but no, that's 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 all, Grant. That's not you know something that we, you know, specifically say you know hey like we're just going to give the ball to number one and we're just going to let him do what he does. Um, honestly, that's all been you know kind of in the flow of things. Obviously, that you know Grant has been targeted as a you know very very high profound talent but um to say that we draw those up is you know to, is not true at all i mean that's that's all him yeah. and that's all you know what he does on his own pace mm-hmm. yeah and how do you think he projects at the next level like when he won't have the ball in his hands that much because obviously his usage is super high over 30 percent the last two years but he also shot uh catch and shoot threes 
really high, over 40%, a really high, high clip this year. So uh, how do you think at the next level he'll be when, you know, he's not the focus of an offense, obviously, as a rookie? Right. So um, a lot of times um, what I tell people and, and I, and I kind of challenge them when I tell them this is, you know, go just go look at the film, not from because obviously we're talking about senior year, fifth year senior grant um, pretty much. But what I what I challenge people to do is go look at, you know, the other four years that he played. And um, at the College of Charleston, we had the luxury of having. Uh, multiple talents that have ended up in the NBA alongside with Jarrell Brantley, who's with the Utah Jazz, and Joe Chili, who just finished up with the Charlotte Hornets as well. Um, and you say, how will he, you know, kind of transition as not being the focal point of an offense? And I, I and to answer that, I honestly have to say that it'll only get better because um, the main thing with last year, and I feel like um, – Yes, he had a high usage rate, but last year it was kind of easier to kind of scout to guard Grant because he was the focal point. I mean, that was not a secret. That was not something that we tried to hide. I mean, he's a great player. He's a you know great talent. Uh, he can do certain things that you know we can't coach. And um, but what I look. When, what, what I tell people is, you know, go back to maybe that 2017, 2018 team when we had Joe Chile and Jarrell Brantley and, and Grant Riller was really not the focal point of our offense. And take a look at the kind of shots that he took. Take a look at his usage rate on that team. And honestly, it's not really bi a big of a difference. The shots that he takes, his shot selection, um, the, um, you know, the percentages he shoots from the line and the free throw line and off the dribble and whatnot. So, honestly, at the next level, with him probably not being the focal point of a, a pro basketball team's organization, I feel like it'll only get better along with, you know, the spacing on the court. Um, when you get to the next level, obviously, the NBA, everybody's good. Everybody's great. And so, him not being the focal point only creates more space for him and more opportunity for him to score. And I think that would be to his greatest advantage. That Auburn game was something, man. I, I remember that in 17, 18. <laughs> Jarrell, so, uh, Jarrell Brantley was so good. I remember that game was amazing. You guys gave them such a good game. Oh, yeah. That was an amazing game. Such a good game. Thank and, you, thank you. and it's interesting, too. You know, you bring up um, – you know, kind of uh, how he functions and in other aspects of the offense. Um, but, and, you know, the, this next question that I'm going to ask, this is kind of one of those don't shoot the messenger questions, but we always got to try and, you know, look at both sides. Um, right. I think a lot of people that will try and criticize Grant, it's, it's kind of like low-hanging fruit. It's an easy thing to look at, but they'll say, okay, you know, the competition in the, in the Colonial Athletic Association, um, what would you say – to those people, how confident are you that Grant will be able to hang with the best of the best, being that you've been around the game yourself and you've seen talent? Um, how confident are you in that? Uh, I guess to those people, uh, I would just say watch the film. Um, honestly, I mean, because you say the competition level isn't high in the CAA. Um, alongside with Jarrell Brantley, 
just the right foreman has also been was from Hofstra. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The high, 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 high scoring guard in the G League this past year. Yep. Alongside with Justin Wright Foreman, Devontae Kaycock was brought along by the LA Lakers in their G League associate. He led the G he led the G League in double in double doubles. Um, you know, alongside and 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 just to speak outside of the CAA, uh, because I'm I'm easily forgetting a long list of great CAA players. Um, but outside of the CAA, I guess I, I can take credit to what Coach Grant does here. He prepares us so well for the conference. Um, you know, the talent level, the talent that we play outside of the conference is just unheard of. I mean, mm-hmm. Villanova, VCU, uh, Rhode Island. All those got Oklahoma State. Yep. All those. Guys. So I mean, I I don't LSU uh, too. LSU freshman year. Wait, Memphis you know. too, right? Memphis, Memphis last year. Yep. Yes, sir. Memphis. A lot of those. I mean, you know, I can go down the list and and you know, and I don't want to discredit the CAA because the CAA is a is a very 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 high level and competitive conference that has a long list of very successful pro players that a lot of people don't really get to see because of coverage and maybe, you know, whatever else kind of excuse people want to give the CAA. But, um, I mean, that's probably the main message that I would go, that I would tell them is just to watch the film and watch who he's go, watch who he's guarding, watch who he's guard, being guarded by, watch how the defense plays against him. Um, watch how teams literally load up to Grant as far as, you know, there's five players on the court. Um, I would tell him, you know, watch how a team focuses on Grant when he has the ball and when he doesn't have the ball. I mean, it's just it's just very eye-opening and very blatant, in my opinion. So, I mean, that, that, that would probably be my message to them is just to watch the film. Yeah, I mean, and it also speaks to kind of what happens every year in the draft, right? Like, there is somebody that comes from a college that, like you said, may not get the coverage, the national coverage that other, you know, we can even look at obviously Dame Lillard, you know, other other names right. as well. So there's no question that there's going to be somebody, you know, to make it big. And, and like you said, look at the tape, look at the talent. Um, the fact of the matter that Grant put up this type of production with every team coming in for four years, with every team coming into the building and saying, this is the one guy that we can't, or whatever, this is the guy that we can't let beat us, and he still did it, is pretty impressive. Right. Exactly. exactly. Um, and what else? What would you say, though? You know, obviously, like we've said, we've he's got a lot of great skills, skills that will translate to the NBA. What, if anything, in, in you've seen of his play, what's the thing that he's going to have to improve in most, do you think, to maybe take that next step? Um, I think to take that next step would probably, you know, it's, it's a lot of things that Grant does well and, 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 um, this isn't to really discredit anything that he does because, you know, his progression over four years has been immaculate. But um, I guess with the talent level that he's about to approach, I would say his strength, maybe. Um, not to not to um, speak down upon his strength now because Grant is a very, you know, strong guard. He doesn't really take on the frame of it. But, um, Again, if you watch the film and how he just bumps, takes bumps and gives out bumps and takes contact and, you know, gives out contact, um, I would 
like to say, you know, he, he is a very strong guard, but I guess with the talent level that he's about to approach and, and the age group that he's about to approach, I mean, Grant is 23 years old, but we're talking about, you know, 28, 35-year-olds, you know, people that are, you know, have had years and years and years of um, strength and conditioning training at the highest level of basketball. So I guess that would probably be the one thing that I would think that Grant would need to improve, improve on to just kind of be durable in the NBA. I'm glad you brought up his progression because I was listening to an interview he did where he said uh, he came in to school at about 160 pounds. And he said he thinks that's why uh, a lot of the bigger schools kind of ignored him in recruiting. Right. And so I wanted to know what you thought, if you could point to anything specifically, because he's listed at 190 now. So I wanted to know if you could point to anything specifically that really helped him get to where he is now. Um, I think um, and as far as his progression goes, as far as like his mentality and uh, his body, his, his skill development and all that kind of stuff, I think he, along with I, can can, can credit uh, the people that surrounded him uh, during that progression. Um, uh, with our strength and conditioning coach, Mark Proto, um, our athletic trainer, Chris Horschel, um, our, our coaching staff, Coach Grant, uh, Quentin Farrell, Milan Brown, J.D. Powell, um, all those guys surrounding him. And then even more so, um, you know, his, his, his uh, supporting his, uh, his, you know, partners in crime. Uh, like I said, we've had the luxury of having two other pros on that same team. So being able to see Joe Chile and, and Jarrell Brantley alongside of him, Jarrell Brantley also was in the same class as Grant Riller coming into school. But being able to see those guys and um, compete with those guys on a day-to-day basis um, and not just compete on the court, but compete in the weight room, compete, you know, as far as just watching film and learning and nutrition and watching how guys, you know, treat their bodies or get them, get a certain amount of rest or, you know, come in the gym when, when it's, when, you know, when you don't necessarily want to, or when you don't really want to watch film because you know, you play maybe a, a, a bad game one day, but you know, you got to learn from it and you know, you got to fix a certain flaw that you kind of feel on the floor. I think that, I think he would take credit to those guys more than anything, just because they've had a, a great amount of impact on, you know, like you said, he was 160, 165 coming in very thin frame. Um, couldn't really take contact that well, always kind of, you know, got to the rim. Like I said, you know, very, very, very aggressive uh, above the rim player, but you would all, you would often kind of find him, you know, on the ground after taking a bump or, you know, uh, couldn't really get all the way to the basket. So he would have to settle for, you know, like a step back shot. Now he would make the shot, but now you watch his progression. <laughs> you would watch his progression and you would say, okay, now he can take that bump and still get to the basket or he could take a bump and still finish over top or above the rim or whatever uh, he sees fit. But um, I think definitely he would take credit to, you know, the people that are surrounding him that were surrounding him um, as far as the strength and conditioning coach, uh, the athletic trainer and our assistant coaches staff, and as well as his teammates. So um, I think that that played a big role in his progression over the years. 
especially when you talk about a mid-major kid that, you know, potentially and probably will spend four years at the university or at the college. And, you know, you have to get into a mindset that, yes, it, it, it might be a longer run. It might be a marathon. So how can I uh, take that and make the best out of it? I'm not some kid that, you know, may go to a blue blood school and may be a one and done. I may have to be here for, you know, two, three, four years. How can I progress and how can I learn from the teammates and, and the upperclassmen and as well as the people that surround me? And I think um, you a, a couple of things about what you said to Chip's point. Um, I think it does show once again that the work ethic that Grant clearly has, you know, coming in at a, at a slight build, but he, the way he finished at the rim was crazy. And, and I believe... 65% um, at the rim it, for his size is, is really impressive and it, it's going to be up there for guards, um, which speaks to, again, the, the strength and training staff that you guys have over there, him as well. Um, but I guess along the lines, this, this next question kind of dove, dovetails, I think, a little bit with what you guys are talking about, too, is what, how, what is Grant like off the court? You know, how would you characterize his leadership is he a vocal leader? Is he a lead by example type? Um, that's kind of something else that I'm also interested in as well. Right. So um, Grant is a introvert. Um, he's very soft spoken, um, but he's one of those kind of people. Um, when he speaks, he speaks with volume, um, and you and you listen. Um, he doesn't say much, but when he says it, you listen. Um, he's very laid back, very easygoing. Um, lead by example, get the job done, put your hat on, get the work, put your head down, do your job, uh, do it at a high level, and um, take care of business when, when off the court as well, on the court, whatever the case may be. Um, very friendly, easygoing guy. I mean, you know, big, huge family person. Um, which, you know, can only speak to how he is in the locker room. I mean, everybody is, you know, and I speak, and when I say this, I speak as on behalf of just how we, how kind of things are at the College of Charleston, and we do a good job of just creating that brotherhood of a culture. Um, you know, everybody is kind of your brother. Everybody is kind of, you know, uh, your partner in crime, uh, and he takes that to heart just with, you know, the family background he has, a strong support system he has in Orlando with his family. Um, but he's a very soft-spoken guy, very laid-back, easygoing, uh, likes to joke around and stuff like that when he, you know, when he gets comfortable and stuff like that with his environment. Uh, he tends to obviously open up and, you know, joke around and laugh and, you know, have a good time and whatnot. But, you know, he's... Um, Somebody he's not is, is definitely somebody who's just, you know, um, I like to compare him to, you know, another guy that we had is Jarrell Brandley, um, who's a very, very, very outspoken person and will light up a room. You you know when Jarrell Brandley walks into a room, you, you just know because he lets you know. Whereas, you know, Grant walks into the room and you may not recognize G until you know, he laces up his shoes and he starts killing everybody in the gym. So um, those two very, they, those two did a great job of complimenting each other with the, with their different 
um, personalities, but but to describe G as a person off the court and on the court, he's just a very easygoing, laid back, kind of smooth kind of guy. And how, um, as as someone who works a, a lot with the video coordination, um, I always think it's important to to ask you know whoever we have on how active would you say he is in in the team meetings or when you guys are watching tape, um, you know, in terms of being knowledgeable of the opposing scouting reports, things like that. Um, what, what's kind of been your experience with him in, in that area? I think he takes it to heart um, because like I said, I mean, it, it's, it's been guys that, that has, that have been before him that has taken it to heart and he's learned from them. Um, I.e. Joe Chu, he did a great job of just letting us know that the film aspect of basketball is very, very, very important. If you don't take the time to watch yourself or watch other, watch your teammates or watch an opponent or watch tendencies that your teammates have so that you can put them in the best situation to be successful or watch an opposing team and their tendencies and um, trying to come up with a scheme or a plot and see how you can make things easier on yourself, how you can make things easier on your team and whatnot. I think he was um, a sponge when it comes to the film as- aspect of it. Um, he, he took it to heart and you know he understood that that was a very strong, strong, strong branch of his development. Um, and I would say that as far as just, you know, speaking to any kind of player, I mean, but him specifically, he took it to heart um, probably a little bit more his fifth year, senior year, probably obvious, for the obvious reason that you know, there was, you know, speculation that he would be the focal point of the offense for that particular year. Um, but even during the total four years that he was here, I mean, when it comes to film, he was he was a sponge, uh, to say the least. What um, the, the another question that I like to ask um, any of the, the graduate assistants or coordinators that come on, who is the best wing defender that you guys played against this season? And how do you think Grant um, did against him? Um, this year, one this year in particular, one doesn't stick out very, very, very strong to me. But I will say a very, very good wing defender that we have faced in the past um, was Sean Osius. Um, he came out of Northeastern, okay. out in Boston, out in Boston uh, probably about six four, six five kid, very, very uh, lean build and um, great athlete, uh, great system. They're, you know, very well coached over there at Northeastern. Um, very smart uh, defender. Um, but I think Grant uh, really kind of got an edge on, OC is just obviously Grant is just one of the most talented players when it comes to just finding different angles and being able to exploit them and being able to uh, find a weakness in your uh, your your game and 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 kind of open that womb up and and attack it every time down the court. I mean, he's relentless when it comes to uh, just exploiting a weakness or. Uh, a weak spot in a team's defense, whether that is um, attacking a gap that doesn't have a strong defender on it or attacking maybe a sore ankle that you heard about that the player had prior to that game. 
um, is, is really that deep. And I think that uh, that goes to say with just how uh, tentative the detail that Grant is when it comes to just taking on these um, assignments offensively and defense. I mean, he just, you know, when it comes to details, he's just there. He, he understands it. He sees it. And it just doesn't go away. And he won't go away. What do you see uh, Grant's role being at the next level? Because I've seen people compare him to, like, Lou Williams, like, as a bench scorer, someone like that. And I've also seen people say that he could develop into kind of a point guard, too, if he improves his playmaking ability. So what do you, as someone who's obviously been around him for the last five years, what do you see him being able to do at the next level? Uh, I think that's a good question, and I think that really is dependent on the team that gets him. Uh, I think that's dependent on the skill developers that he's around. I think that's dependent on the players that surrounds him. Um, because I think a lot of people um, that do, that that have prior to his fifth year senior year would put him in that Lou Will category. He's a bona fide scorer. He's a three level scorer. He you know he's you know gifted at just putting the ball in the basket. But I think um, post fifth year senior year, he pretty much opened a lot of eyes, raised a lot of eyebrows to his playmaking ability. And how he can take on the role of, yeah, I'm the focal point, but I trust my players around me and I'm smart enough to see a help side defender and spray it to the opposite corner uh, for open three or hit a big man while, you know, coming off a ball screen. The big man is, you know, helping too late or too too deep in the uh, ball screen and I can hit my big man for an easy dunk or a dump down. So I think um, – that's truly dependent on who, who, who has the opportunity of drafting him and, and how their developmental staff takes him in the direction that they want to take him. But I think when it comes to his role offensively, um, I, think the, I think his range is wide open to what he can develop into. He's kind of in a good spot, too, because he's projected to go later in the first round, so he's probably going to end up on a good team. Yeah, so he's not going to be asked to do too much right away. He could be asked to do – he'll probably end up with a good team, a good development squad. So, like, what do you think would be his best uh, team to, kind of team to end up with? Like a rebuilding team, maybe where he'd get more playing time, or like a playoff team or a team that's contending for a championship? Because, I mean, he's – we've seen him – listed in mock drafts anywhere from like late first round, early second round, something like that. Right. Um, I'll answer that, I guess, as a, as a friend of his, a best friend of his, a close friend, um, as well as a coach. I mean, honestly, I would be happy to see him go wherever. Um, I mean, he's, He's that great of a talent. He's that great of a, a, a man. He's that great of a, you know, a personality. I mean, he's, he's, he's just that good. He's that good. I mean, he's, you know, whoever has the opportunity of, and the blessing to grab, to draft him will, you know, immediately see the impact that he, that he has on the program, the way that he just conducts himself as a person on and off the court. Um, yeah, but but as a, but as a friend, and as well as a former teammate, and even a even a coach of his, I can I can definitely just, I mean, 
wherever is, is, is a blessing always when you're talking about being drafted in the NBA. And I think he will definitely make the most out of that opportunity. Absolutely, for sure. Um, I think the, the last two for me, um, if you've spoken with professional teams, and obviously we don't have to get into specific team names, but if people call and ask about Grant, what's the one thing that they want to know? You know, what's kind of the common, maybe themed question that gets brought up about him a lot that, that you know, teams have felt like, oh, this is an important point of emphasis? Um, I'll say two things. Uh, his, his definitely when, when teams call, they want to know, um, because the NBA team, obviously, they do a great job of watching film. So they pretty, know, they pretty much have a good idea of what he does on the court. Uh, so probably the main uh, point of emphasis that they bring when they call me or whether it's another coach or whatnot is how he is off the court. And um, I've you know, pretty much um, kind of answered that to you guys earlier. It's just, you know, he's, he's just a great, you know, uh, stand-up guy. Uh, he's a great uh, gentleman. You know, he's um, he has he holds great morals. Very laid back. Very big family. Very very, very big family person. Um, and that just goes to speak with how he just takes his carries himself and how he treats other people. I mean, he when he considers himself in in a in a relationship, he's you know locked in. Whether that's you know with his brothers or a coach or whoever, trainer, conditioning, weights, all that kind of stuff. He just, you know, that's just kind of the person he is. And I guess the second thing that a lot of people bring up and um, (laughs) it frustrates frustrates me a little bit because it kind of just reiterates what I've told you guys before. But uh, one thing that gets brought up is a defense. And um, to answer to that, like I've told you guys before, I always just tell scouts to just watch the film. Um, like you guys have said earlier in the podcast, um, his usage rate is very high, very, 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 yes. very high. Um, but with that, I challenge guys, okay, you know, his usage rate is high, but watch the film. Is he truly out of position? Is he truly not, you know, keeping his man in front? Is he not contesting every shot, uh, at a high level? Um, you know, the NBA guys, you know, they have all these high-level analytic uh, uh, employees on their staff, I ask them, uh, I ask them all the time, like, you know, take a look at uh, how much or the percentage rate that Grant is scored on. Uh, take any of his years and take the percentage rate of what he of how much he scored on and compare it to any other prospect in the NBA with, uh, with taking into consideration his usage rate. Yep. And, and it's, and it's, you know, not too far off of any other prospect that they look at in the NBA. And to some extent, it may even open your eyes and and surprise you even more that, you know, he's a pretty good defender for his usage rate and the amount of ball screens he goes to, the amount of, you know, the talent, like we talked about, the talent level that we play um, throughout the year and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Outside of the ACL injury, Grant never really suffered another injury that took him away from a game. So, you know, Grant's not somebody that played, you know, 22 out of 30 games a season. He wasn't a player that played, 
18 games out of 31 games a season. Grant pretty much played every game every year other than the ACL tear. And um, so I, I that's, that's kind of the two things that NBA scouts, when they call me or when they call um, our staff, they kind of wonder is, you know, the, who the, who he is off the court, uh, his personality type, and then his defense. And the, the last one for me, um, if you could just share, whether it's a story or an anecdote, something that really sticks out in your mind where you knew, it, it kind of symbolizes where you knew Grant is going to be successful. He's going to be successful at the professional level. It could be, you know, we were down 10 in, in this game and Grant just came out of the timeout and just lit it up, or it could just be something small, but what's something that sticks out in your mind when you were like, he's he's going to be special? Right. Um, there are several stories, uh, but one that sticks out to me personally that I don't think that anybody else kind of shares with Grant is that year when he did tear his ACL, and um, at the time, Obviously, he was inactive on the court. He was going through rehab and whatnot. But his focus level during that rehab process and the uh, how eager he was to continue to stay on the court. And um, we kind of joke about it all the time and uh, how our practice gym is set up. There's two main goals, but there are two side goals that split the half, that split the two sidelines. And so... Every so often, um, and I'm a walk-on at this point, and, you know, obviously as a walk-on, you take on the role of doing whatever you can do to get the players um, to the next level, to push those players um, and push their boundaries and, and you know, push them to the limit and, and make sure that they hold themselves accountable and whatnot. But um, I took on the role and, you know, just jokingly and um, naturally with you know, ACL tear, he can't really, you know, walk on it too much, put too much pressure on it, his leg. Uh, we gravitate towards those side goals, and we start playing like a little, you know, pity party token one-on-one game, uh, splitting splitting the two side goals. And, and we always kind of joke about it, and we kind of say, man, like, you came from being at the side goals to the NBA, man, like, like you, and then you know, just just seeing that recovery process and how well he took it, and how hungry he was to strengthen himself. Like you said, like that year he was 160 pounds, 165 pounds his freshman year, and for him to take that drastic leap and be committed to the weight room, be be committed to his nutrition, be committed to you know film sessions. Like I have several stories, you know, about you know, like those days we would hang out at the side goals you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, we would be in the gym again watching film, and he's not even in practice, but he's still watching film. It's, it's that deep. And alongside with Grant, Joe Chile, um, which I think I to credit Joe Chile, um, he was going through another, he was going through a, a pretty devastating injury as well. He tore his, uh, his Achilles um, to see an older guy approach a recovery process as a freshman really helped him along the way um, because he was able to see how Joe conducted him himself in the recovery process and it kind of helped him 
understand like, hey, this isn't the end of the road to me. Yeah, we have different injuries, but this isn't the end of the road. And at the end of the day, the day will come to where our our strength and conditioning coach and our sports trainer will say, hey, you're clear to get back on the court. And when that day comes, I don't want to be a step behind. I want to be three steps ahead. And I think that was the biggest and I know that that's not really a specific story. That's more of a novel of, you know, just a specific time in the five years that he was at the College of Charleston that, you know, he that I took it and was like, you know, you know, this kid right here, you know, this guy right here, like, you know, he he has a chance and he has a chance. Honestly, man, I, I think that was perfect. I, I, I think <laughs> I was gonna say, I would, yeah. Really good. <laughs> I listen. I think you know me and Chip. We've we've done a couple of these, and I think the biggest thing that we want to get to listeners is anyone can look up the stats, right? Anyone could look at the YouTube clips, the scouting reports. You know, it doesn't take someone who hasn't even been watching the game that long to see that Grant is talented, but. For any fan, we do want to know what what is it when the lights are off? You know, what is he like in the training room, in the video, you know, in the meetings? And and um, what kind of passion does he have for the game? I think the story that you just told gives us a really, really good view. And anyone who's listening, an understanding of, of how deep, like you said, how deep this game is to him um, and, you know, I think anyone would be happy to draft a guy with that type of passion and drive um, and commitment. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, you know, I wouldn't worry about it being a specific story at all. I think that was great, man, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chip, do you that have a work ethic? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Chip, do you have anything uh, for Jermaine before we let him go? I just wanted to ask about the Knicks. I thought you were going to ask about the Knicks. So <laughs> I wanted to ask. Uh, yeah, I just – obviously, we talked before uh, we came on here. Me and Jeff are both Knicks fans. And uh, Grant's become a popular player yes. on Knicks Twitter. So uh, we got to ask how you think uh, Grant would adjust uh, playing in New York, playing for Tibbs, you know, the whole thing. Right. Um I think, like I said, I think Grant, wherever he lands, if you know New York, anywhere, I think he'll be astounded to play for that organization. I think he'll take it in stride. I think he'll work to, you know, do all he can to be successful and to get that organization back to where it's supposed to be. And, you know, obviously, New York is a very profound organization. It's a very outspoken organization. Um, it comes with certain pressure levels um, that organize, other organizations don't bring. Um, but I think he takes it in stride. I mean, I, I mean, he his work level is is unlike you know a lot of people that I know. And I think you know the biggest thing. <laughs> I think the biggest thing with New York is with him. I think his problem wouldn't be on the court. I think it would be with the weather. Uh, you're talking about a talking about a Florida kid. <laughs> you're talking about a Florida kid that's used to living in Charleston. And, you know, he's walking outside with you know a, a white T-shirt on and some basketball shorts and some 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 slides and no socks on to maybe going up to New York and having to wear a bubble coat 
uh, some sweatpants and, you know, some sneakers every day. So, uh, yeah, that, that comes on at around like late October, early November for us. So yeah, it'd be a big I think, adjustment. I think the issue, I don't think the issue is on the court. I think the issue is, is, is with the weather. Um, <laughs> but I mean, all that's to say, man, like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, um, I can speak on behalf of him when I say he would be very blessed to play for the New York Knicks if they had the opportunity to draft him. Absolutely. Um, and I'll just say, I, I know Chip feels the same way, but uh, Jermaine, that we really thank you for your time here today. Very candid, open conversation about Grant, um, talking a little bit about the, the culture at the College of Charleston that, that helped create the type of ball player and, and guy that he is. And like I think the big theme of what we've talked about tonight is that uh, any team would be lucky to have a guy like him come into their locker room and kind of up the um, the intensity, the focus, uh, level of professional professionalism of the the players and team there. So uh, I think uh, yeah, I, I think everyone's pretty excited to see where Grant goes and what he does at the next level. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but and so I you know once again just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. In your professional endeavors, is if you know if Grant does make it to the Knicks, I'll, I'll definitely be in the DMs and just be like, "We got him! <laughs> this is great!" Um, and who knows, maybe we'll be able to do a, another podcast with you in the future. But just want to say again, uh, we know you're still at the arena now, so I feel bad. I, I feel like we we kept you from going home, but want to thank you, you know, for spending some time with us. Oh yes, sir. I appreciate the opportunity as well. Thank you guys for you know, even considering me to do this. So um, I appreciate you guys a lot. No worries. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, for, for the people that are listening, we're hoping to have another one of these episodes within uh, the next week. We'll be continuing our NBA A through Z series with some of the professional teams and kind of um, highlighting their offseason needs, draft needs, things like that. And we'll keep going with our draft coverage up until November 18th, um, you know, targeting a couple teams as well. So we'll keep going with that. And uh, everybody out there, we hope you're staying safe and we'll talk to you soon.